Yes, people, how are we all doing? I hope everyone's doing great. So welcome back to Process, a podcast by me, Brendan Pearson. So today's guest is Liam Smith, one of my former teammates at Newcastle United. So Liam was at Newcastle from the ages of six years old all the way up to 22. We'll discuss a little bit about Liam's journey through his time at Newcastle United, through all the age groups, and also going up to the point where he went on loan. And then how a number of serious injuries ended up affecting his career so much that it didn't go the path that he first expected. We'll discuss a bit about the mental health struggles along the way, the mindset that happens when you do get these long-term injuries, especially in football. A bit about the reality of leaving the top level of football and then having to try and trial places and find a different team. And also how that there's a lot of factors in football that you can't control that do affect your career massively, which I think is something that isn't talked about enough, especially for pros who are coming out of the game or trying to look for different teams. So it's a great topic. I think anybody who's interested in football or has maybe been through a similar experience will really enjoy this podcast. So it was a good one. We appreciate Liam coming on and taking the time out of his day to come on here. So we'll get on with the episode. This is Process. Right, Ron. Right, welcome back to Process, the podcast. Today we are joined by another guest, Mr. Liam Smith. So one of my old teammates at Newcastle. Just going to talk about loads of different things from because we both kind of struggled through injuries um, over the years, our journeys and our kind of full processes going through those injuries and coming back from them and, and looking forward. Liam's obviously going to try and pursue his professional career as well. So Liam, I'll let you introduce yourself. I know I'm obviously just going to brief it introduction so how long we we together at Newcastle for because I think you were there did you join when you were nine on the ninth when you joined uh, I, I first got involved in Newcastle when I was six six so six uh, I was on two because obviously the academy starts at nine under nine um, and you do there was this these this I don't, I don't even know if I still do it to be fair but it's like development before you go into that and uh, there's a guy who I used to train with he's I think he's called Ant Cole he's a good guy like to be fair um so I was in there for two years until I was eight and then when I was eight I went in with the older group um for like half a season and then obviously I would drop back out of my age group when I was old enough to to uh to sort of start at under nines and then it just went through all the age groups from there yeah all the way through the so yeah I think I was there for about 16 years altogether <laughs> I wasn't even playing football at six years old. I don't think I didn't really start till I was like nine. That's crazy. That Cause I know there's a few lads. Like obviously we've been fortunate enough to play with some decent players who obviously went on to do well. I think like Adam Armstrong Armour. He was was he in a similar sort of setup, wasn't he? Starting off really young. Cause he was there since he was like he six might, or seven as well. Yeah, he might have done. I think I remember, I can't remember for sure if he was there from like under nine because he didn't really. He would come up every now and again. Um, I don't know. I'm talking like twelve, thirteen, yeah, and, but it yeah. wasn't until it, it wasn't until he was like sixteen when he when he moved up properly, yeah. or fifteen, sixteen. So I think it was his last year in school where he came in full time. Yeah, there was, so, there was yeah. loads of players like that. Just kept literally came out of nowhere and just like excel. Like Sean's another example. He was the same thing. Like kind of just yeah. was always like half decent, and then we got to like seventeen, eighteen, and just like shut up. But uh, yeah. I remember we went to, we had, like obviously through Newcastle and stuff, you would have had some great experiences going away on tournaments and stuff. And we went to Rome and we were like 11 or 12. That was a good one. And then you yeah. went, which one was it? The Night Cup. Just talk about a few of the kind of, from say between when you started six to like 18, what kind of experiences kind of pop out to you in your head? Like, can you remember? Big, big experiences yeah, well, like for the, you. Like you said, the, the, main one, the main ones that stick out, obviously, uh, Rome. I went to Rome twice. Um, oh, right. Which was good. Um, we did, I don't think we done too well the first time, but the second time, obviously, yeah. got the final yeah. and took a bit of a taste. Absolute <laughs> battle. 6-6-2. I, I think, you know what they did? I think it was like 8-2 or something, but they took a few goals off when they put it on the website. Or like, they disallowed two goals. Really? Without us realising, yeah. Because I remember looking on the website and I was like, it, it wasn't 4-2. I swear we got absolutely battered like 6 or 7-2. I, I think it was 6. I think it was 6-2. Yeah. But uh, the only goal that I can remember, I think, was uh, Jamie Sterry's. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Sterry scored an own goal. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah. I, I think I've still got the video of it. 
Who kicks it in? Who's on net? Or tries to clear it or something off the line and just kicks it in the net. I can't remember it. Yeah, I think I've got. I think my man and dad's got the DVD somewhere, but yeah. obviously that was we smashed it. Apart from the final, obviously we beat some big teams. I think we beat Barca four 0 I think. Yeah, but um, AC Milan two one in the semi final. Roma. Yeah. So we played Lazio, yeah. and then there was like a we few other, like, local teams as well. Yeah, I think we played Lazio, and a, I think I think we're done with games, and for some reason we just decided to play Lazio on a friendly. Yeah, I think I think we ended up drawing three three with. That, with yeah, I was on the last day. I remember that. I remember that. I think I had an absolute yeah. shock of that game as well. I, think hmm. I, remember, I remember leaving like crying my eyes out, fuming because I had a great tournament, and then the last day, last friendly game, I was shocking. And I think somebody somebody went in goal for one game as well. Somebody went in for half mm-hmm. a game, like Corsa or something. I can't remember. Or yeah, maybe. I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, moving on. We'll get we'll get sidetracked anyway, but. Moving on from that when we're a little bit older, so obviously you signed like your apprenticeship at sixteen and then when did you sign your first pro? Were you did you go third year scholar or did you go straight into a pro? No, I went third year. There was uh, there's a lot of a lot of shit going on. Oh, can I swear on this? Yeah, you can swear on it, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. a lot of shit going on and it ended up being a because I missed uh, a lot of me uh, uh, scholarship. I missed through injury as well so it was yeah uh, yeah we'll touch... like tossing and turning on what to do with us so mm-hmm. yeah we'll touch on injuries and stuff in a bit because that's like a big topic to talk about and one of the reasons i started the podcast because i don't think there's enough talked about about how bad injuries can set you back not just like in terms of actually your football career but mentally as well but so you had you've got your third year scholarship was it that year that you went on loan to blackpool or was it the year later I'm trying to think. It might Ooh, be. It was the year. It was the year later. Year later. So you went to Blackpool. Obviously, a League One team. I haven't played reserves for Newcastle for a while, and then going on. What What was that like? Your first experience going out on loan. Well, it, yeah, it was good. I don't think I actually. I think I took it a bit for granted looking back. Like I enjoyed it, but uh, it was a big. It was a big thing because I'd. Like saying through injuries, I hadn't even played that much 23s football to be fair because I'd missed so much, and then all of a sudden I was going like a massive club like Blackpool, and uh, I had no like first team experience. I, hadn't, I wasn't like the one of the people who maybe spent a few seasons, oh, not a few seasons, but a season at Blythe or like yeah. down at sort of non league level. It just sort of went straight into it like that, and uh, it was it was it was a big uh, it was a big idol and a big experience, but. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember when you went there, you kind of, like, it's always like, when you go on loan, it's like the first few games you're on the bench and stuff. And I noticed you started playing and stuff. And I was like, hey, you must be smashing it kind of thing. Because I know that you suffered from injuries and stuff. And it's the same as me. I remember, like, I think the most games that I actually played consecutively without actually having a break was like three. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you like a similar sort of thing. So it's hard, like, trying to build that confidence up when you're not getting consecutive games. Did you find that that, was the tougher thing, or did you feel did you feel much pressure kind of when you were going? Because obviously, League One's a very decent level. Did you feel much pressure going into games? No, um, it was. Uh, I remember making my debut. Um, well, the first game I was actually on the bench because I think I got down on like the Thursday night or Friday night, and we had Millwall away on the Saturday. So obviously, I didn't have much. I think I only trained half a session or something. So the first game I was on the bench, obviously Millwall away is like meant to be like yeah, scary. <laughs> big, scary, big scary ground to go to. And, uh, but I, I didn't end up playing at all in that game. But um, it was the week after um, I made my debut against Country and Alma was playing. Was oh, was yeah. Time. So it was Jacob, uh, Jacob Murphy. And James Madison was actually playing as well for, for Country. So they had a pretty, pretty strong attack to be fair. <laughs> And I was sat right in, just in front of the back post. So I had a, I had them three to deal with. I think I had like, I can't remember, it was like Quinton Fortune up front or something like yeah, that. Like, decent team. Yeah, decent team. They had a decent yeah. season. That yeah, did they go? Did they win it? Did they go up? I can't remember. No, they the, the, the fell by the wayside a little bit. Um, mm. They absolutely smashed the front half of the season. It looked like they were going to go up. And I think towards the sort of second half of the season, they, they dropped off a bit. And I, I can't remember if they got playoffs or not. And then they ended up going up. But yeah, yeah. So you didn't really feel. I'm surprised because for a lot of young, like young lads going out on loan and stuff like that, they probably do feel the pressure. Obviously, it's a complete different game going from like academy 
under 23s where there's like the most you're going to get is probably a few hundred people unless you're playing a different competition and obviously there's not really a lot of pressure you are fight, you are playing for to win and to win like the academy league but it's not the same as going into like league one where there's like thousands of people and stuff like that so like how did you kind of what was your mindset going into games and how did you deal with like, you didn't have any nerves so kind of what was your mindset going into into games well, I was nervous the first game. Obviously, it was my debut. Yeah. But uh, after that, like, I was sitting alive. I thought, no, I've shit myself here before this game, like the first game. But then you played in it. I played that game and I, I went, I came off, that, off after and I was like, oh, no, it's not that bad. Yeah. Then it was like a good start. If you get off to a good start, then, like... You're all right. You're comfortable, aren't you? Yeah. Right, exactly. But if you see, see if I... Made me debut and I had an absolute fucking stinker. Uh-huh. Then I'd probably like be be a nervous wreck after coming up after every game. But no, it was fine. Um, but it was I don't know I don't know why because maybe I should have been a bit nervous because <laughs> Blackpool it was a big club and they were yeah. a lot of shit at the time. Like the owners were like uh, sort of running the club dry, taking all the money out of it. The fans were protesting. They were in a, they were in a bit of trouble, but. Uh, uh, so I had all this stuff going on and I probably should have been a bit more nervous than I was but for some reason I just wasn't yeah that's good though that you're dead relaxed I think two people get they, too many people get too caught up and it can do get nervous like there was games where I was ridiculously nervous for and I just like if your first thing doesn't go right then you, you, the rest yeah, of the game's just gone like it's good for you being a centre like a centre midfielder kind of getting on the ball quite a bit so you get a lot of touches like for me my first thing might not be until like half an hour and it might be like a shot like a one-on-one thing sort of thing so it probably yeah. it probably does help with that um but not fair play so moving on the next season obviously broke up for some and then you went on loan to crew at the start again league one were they league one as well at the time they'd just gone down oh just gone down just gone so, down yeah so yeah, yeah. they either just gone down and i was i was actually the first person at the club to, to get out on loan i think i've only been in pre-season a few days in newcastle before um they said you're basically going yeah I could have turned it down but yeah I remember you actually it was like a few days into the pre-season yeah I remember you came to the dressing room took your stuff like right see you next year lads I remember I actually remember (laughs) that moment alright so you went there straight away so I'll let you continue yeah and uh, obviously crew like got got a good uh, good reputation for playing sort of good football and having a good academy so I thought oh this would be good like I had a taste of it last season. Towards the end of the season, I thought I'd get a good, like a good full season in here. And uh, went down, trained, um, played half like pre. This is obviously in pre-season, so played half against Wolves. Played another game against some local team from down there, and then third pre-season game we played Bolton, and. I just got absolutely halved. <laughs> and uh, yeah. And I got stretched out off and it got a scan in that and t- it wasn't as bad as I thought it was because I'd already uh, told me ankle ligaments in the past so I thought it was going to be that again. Um, it was just bone, like so bad bone bruising. So I went back to Newcastle, done my rehab for about five, six weeks. Missed the start of the season with crew. Um, went back down, trained for a week. Well, no, I didn't train for a week. I've done a week, a week's worth of rehab. And then 20 minutes back into my first session, ankle cracked again, other ankle. And this time, all the ligaments were done in it. So that was the end of that loan spell before I'd even... Uh. <laughs> I didn't realise it was your other ankle. I couldn't remember that. I remember it was an ankle injury. I didn't realise it was your other one. Yeah. It was, the, it was the right in, pre- in the friendly and it was me left in training. Yeah. So after that, so you would have went back to Newcastle after that. Was it, did the kind of get your sorted for an operation straight away or was there a little bit of a delay? I didn't need enough. Oh, you didn't need enough? All right, that's all right. Then. I didn't need enough, no. So was what was just, the... Uh, well, I might, I might need it enough. <laughs> if I did, I didn't, I didn't get it. Yeah, no, mind. But uh, so, what was your kind of when you got that injury? What was your plan of action in terms? Of what did the physio say? How long you were going to be out for and stuff? And then, how long did it actually take you to 
there's obviously a bit of a story there. How long did it take you to actually get back fit in total, if you can remember? Um, I think the the marker's three months, which would have taken us to about Christmas time from the time that it happened. And I think it did take pretty much bang on three months. Mm-hmm. But I was only on I was only scheduled to be on loan till uh January. Yeah. So that was that loan like, kind of the minute that the minute that happened, my loan was my loan was done. Because they weren't yeah. gonna they weren't gonna take us back. I had two sort of pretty well, yeah. one long term injury and one it wasn't short, but it, another eight weeks on top of that. Mm. Like no chance they're going to take us back for the second half. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the thing. As soon as like a, a team gets that kind of like, oh, this guy could be an injury prone kind of thing. Especially if you're going out on loan, where you're not there playing. There's players who are there paying who could kind of come in your position as well. Yeah, like well, if exactly. You get, like, if you get injured, them sort like, of clubs, them sort of clubs, they're not strapped for cash. Like, mm-hmm. um, they probably spent the remaining money of their budget on getting me in, mm-hmm. and that. Like they also don't have big squads. I get injured, don't end up playing a game. They're, they're money, they yeah. could be in the shit. Like you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, you're like uh, you're, it's like a business investment. Like that's what football is, isn't it? You're just like a business investment, and if it kind of doesn't pay off, they're not gonna like go back to it again and then put more money into it. It's 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 the reality of getting injuries, going out on loan. This it's always gonna be a risk. But um, yeah, yeah. So moving on for the rest of your so that was. The end of that season, so yeah, up until January. What were you fine injury wise for the rest of that season, or did you have hmm. a few? I don't know, I'll let you kind of talk talk about because I can't remember off the top of my head because we spent a lot of time in physio together. Because I think I was I was still injured with my knee injury when you went out and cr- went out on loan the crew, I think. And then uh, I'll let you two tell the rest of the story. Yeah, so I got back. I got back. Um, it was around January time, I think. Played a few games for the uh, for the twenty threes, and obviously me, I couldn't go out alone again. Well, I think I could have, but no one was going to take us after missing. Yeah. For the half of the season, <laughs> so I was like, right, okay, I'm with the twenty threes in the second half of the season. I played, uh, I think I might have played about four or five games before I started uh, started getting this Achilles problem. Um, so I had that and then I went and go and see a specialist and he said it's this problem got a few options um, you can either we'll sort your programme out it'll be another three months we can inject into it or we can remove the problem completely through like obviously surgery um, and they opted for the programme mm-hmm. so I've done this program for three months, and then I managed to get back fit. This is the season we got the playoff final. I managed yeah. to get back fit for the playoff final. I played the playoff final, um, and then the season finished. <laughs> <laughs> that was that season done. But this Achilles problem that I had, I was I felt it actually before I even went to Blackpool the season before. Oh right. But they didn't they didn't really delve into it. They didn't really know what it was. And it wasn't until it came back again further down the line. I pro- like looking at it when we're talking about these injuries at crew. If I didn't get my ankle in- injuries, I'd imagine at some point during the time I was playing, this Achilles injury would have cropped back up then. But because mm-hmm. I wasn't playing, and then when I did go to play, and it cropped up. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, it would have kind of yeah. caught up on you, and it's just because you had that, that rest kind of time from yeah. being injured. So it was probably there, but I didn't realise it because I wasn't being, I wasn't able to play due to other injuries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what? So you finished the season. Were you fine, kind of like going into like off seasons of it? That did you? Could you still fine. feel that yeah, absolutely yeah. fine? So fine. then you come back. Were you expecting to go out and loan and stuff the following season, or were you just no. kind of just kind of sticking with? I, I knew I knew the season I had. Yeah, I'm always I'm always pretty realistic, and I knew the season that I had, so I knew it was uh-huh. a it was a case for me to at least be at Newcastle the 23s until January 
hopefully have a good first half of the season and maybe he's get out for the second half of the season. Yeah. But I, I, knew, I knew there was no chance of us going out in the first half. Yeah. If I can remember right, is that the season, so that was that our last season at the club that we're, we're going into now? Was yeah. that not the season that they weren't really letting too many lads go out on loan, if I remember? Because they had quite a lot of lads who were just, yeah. who were out on loan the season before, but then were still kept, they weren't let. Um, I would name names, but I don't know if they want to be mentioned. But there was a lad who was at Carlisle yeah. the season before. I don't think he went until the second half of the season because they wouldn't let him. So I think a lot most of the team were just in the twenty threes anyway. But anyway, so going, going into the preseason and stuff, how were you? How were you then? Were you, were you fit and feeling all right? Or felt felt really good. It was uh, probably one of the best start to a season I've had. I felt mm-hmm. going into it. And uh, yeah, yeah, and then kind of did it. What didn't, happened then? Didn't it just didn't last too long. <laughs> Go on. So yeah. what? What's all so, through that that season? How that season went then, injury wise? So yeah, like I said, it felt good that season. It started the season well. Got got through all preseason fine. Um, played first four five games. Yeah, the season. I think I played against Stoke. West Brom, Crew, Norwich. I think that might have been it. I played 45 at Brighton, but I was done by then. Yeah. Um, and that was the beginning of the end. The beginning <laughs> of the end kind of thing. So it was just one of them things. So what did they do next? Did they go down the route of the injection then seems the program? Or did they kind of continue the program? Because that was a kind of a, it's like a reoccurring thing. It was the same with me. Like the first started off with a non-surgical route, so they started with like program stuff, and then it was like this like epi treatment. I don't know if you did you have a similar thing on your angle, the epi, that the, Is that the electronic zapper thing, yeah. So they done that with me, and then that didn't work, and then they tried the next thing, and that didn't work. Rather, and then it ended up going to the worst case scenario. Was it a similar similar sort of thing to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> going into that last season, obviously this this Achilles problem came back, and for some reason. Although there was a lot going on, there was more going on the second time around than there was the first time around. But uh, yeah, for some reason, they, they just didn't really know what was going on. I was, I got sent left, right, and centre. I was, you might remember, I was batting for London nearly yeah. every week. At one point, I was getting like a new injection every week, and uh, I probably had about eight, ten injections in the space yeah. of a few. A few uh, months. And not and nice either. Like. Not, nothing was working. I was going to see you know, all these different specialists and all saying, every single one of them was saying something different. Like one was saying it's your back, one was saying it's the way your feet are, you need like um, insoles in your boots. Another one was saying it's like all do with like your hamstrings and shit. And just no one could put the finger on it. And eventually, well, while all while this is going on, I'm doing obviously these injections and I'm just sort of doing the same sort of things I was doing the first time around in the gym mm-hmm. but I wasn't getting any progress if anything it was getting worse like some of these injections were making it worse and uh, I think it was about seven and, uh, maybe six months had passed and then they decided to send us to St. George's Park mm-hmm. and it was St. George's Park and the ones that identified us yeah. and is said it this is what you need Game Changer Performance is it the same company then? The same, yeah, because yeah. I, I went like a few months ago, so they were top, they were top of me as well. So I'll let you continue, yeah, yeah. So I went down there, and then they said, and at first they didn't really know as well, but then I was there for three weeks, and they sort of uh, picked up on it and said, This is what you need, you need an operation. We'll send you back to Newcastle, went back to Newcastle, told them, I need an operation, I was booked in. Got this operation done. Five, six weeks later, I'm fine. Fine. <laughs> Completely. Uh, <laughs> I know. A bit late. Too, too little, too late. <laughs> and uh, it's just frustrating, like, going through all them things and then finally going to, like, a, a person and getting the answer and getting it sorted, like, and then the season's done. It's, it's meant me. Well, I would say, because, so the, the guy who I first went to see, like, after the, the season of crew, I went to see this guy, he's an Australian guy, um, from London as well, 
he, he, this is the very first guy I ever seen. He was like, right, yeah, this is it. Plantaris, blah, blah. This is what you got, blah, blah, blah. And then the following season, I went and seen probably every specialist apart from the guy who I went to see first, the guy who knew what the problem was. Mm-hmm. So then the last guy who I went to see after St. George's Park was him. <laughs> and um, he, he looked at us and I said, I told him what, like, all that's happened and how long I'd missed and that. And he looked at us and he went, sorry for swearing at you. But he said, what the fuck have you been doing? He said, why have, you, why have you waited this long to come and see us? And I just looked at him and I said, I, I don't have a clue, mate. I said, I, I, don't yeah. I'm, I, don't, I don't pick and choose where I go. I go where I get sent. Uh-huh. And he said, you, like, you pissed around with it, basically. You should have came a lot sooner. And I should have because he was the guy who I seen first time and he knew what the problem was, so I don't know. I don't know why the, the wait is so long to send us back to him. But yeah. he was then the guy who showed the operation out, and since then I've had uh-huh. no problems with it. So as like a, as, a, as a player in the club, you literally just do whatever the experts at the club do. Like you'll try everything because you don't know. You can't just say like, "Well, I went to this guy before, so I want to go to this guy again because he helped me." Like it's not down to you. Like you might mention it, and they might say, "Oh, we'll think about it kind of thing," but you've just got to follow yeah. it. Go so going obviously through all of that. We'll get down to kind of the mental side of it, how you kind of coped, because that was a big thing that I've talked about in terms of my injuries and stuff, the mental side of it was, especially for you, because you're in a similar scenario where you kind of, you tried one thing and then maybe you thought, all oh, right, maybe this is going to work. I've got a, I've got a goal of like six or seven weeks time. That's what I'm going to get back fit. And then you get to that point, you're like, it hasn't got any better. How did you kind of, what what was going through your mind in terms of like frustration? Were you... The, you can talk about if it's like depression if you don't if it was down that scenario could be could be anything I was just I was just done yeah like mentally I wasn't I wasn't there anymore like I was coming in every day I'd be in the gym every day I'd see you every day <laughs> and you probably tell like I was quite a loud person in the, ch- in the change room but I think at times you just sit there wouldn't say a word go in the yeah. gym I was just sort of emotionless like I had had nothing left to give. I was doing the same things every day. Had to fucking walk on like a cross trainer or yeah. do a bike stare at the wall. Like once once a few few months had passed, I was I was yeah. Done. I know it was like it was like literally just bikes, cross trainers. There was it was from my experience there. Mentally, there wasn't too much support with kind of that aspect do you feel did you have any sort of support from anybody at the club in terms of or not even outside the club anybody kind of mentally psychology wise anything at all speak to anybody yeah Often, I, know I think i think the big the big problem is that i i wasn't getting any answers for what the problem was it's i think it's better if you if you work towards if you've got something to work towards Mm-hmm. But I didn't have anything to work towards because no one knew what was going on. No one knew what the time frame was or anything like that. And when you're saying about the mental side, I think it was pretty non-existent. I think the only people who I really interacted with, like coaching staff-wise, was the people who I was working with, which was the physios and maybe's the sports, uh, strength and conditioning sports scientists, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, Coaching wise, I barely spoke to them, uh-huh. and I think that's I'm I'm not the type of person who needs someone to come and speak to them, but I picked up on it. Obviously, it's quite a big thing. Like I'm, I'm when you get like six months into this injury, and you're not getting your coach coming in. How are you doing? Like, don't worry about it. Like, we have for you. You need if you need anything. Blah blah. blah. It was uh, it was pretty non-existent at the club, like like Newcastle. Yeah. So yeah, no. Like, although I... although what like I want to say one in a separate building at this point, the first team, someone who always would check up on you was the doc. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, whenever you seen him, he would always he would always ask like, "How are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, th- doc, I think he's, he's the only on. person who I really come across come across who was like that. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a few, there was a few kind of people. If I was kind of around the first team, and they would ask and check, I was there was always the friendly people. I can't for the life of us remember the names, which is really I'm terrible at the names. But there was always one or two. But there weren't really coaching staff. There was just like 
one of them was like the security, not security guard, but um, it, not like a bouncer. But I can't remember what it's called. But the, if I had to go and go up there, they kind of speak to us. But in terms of coaching and stuff, I had one or two occasions. But for the length like, of time that we were out for, you'd probably need that little bit more support. And I think coaches these days probably need to realize that when you have long-term injuries, like it's not just like. You're not, you're not, you're not fine mentally. You probably need that little hand on your shoulder. And there's probably lads who struggle it worse than we we did, kind of thing. Um, obviously mm-hmm. going really deep into depression and stuff like that. But I know what it was like for me trying to deal with it mentally. Like there's days you just you just kind of come in and you just like I'm doing the same thing as I did yesterday. Like I'm, I can't be bothered to do this, and you just suck it off and stuff. And then there's days where you're like, right, no, I'm going to try and be best. You do that for a week, and then you just like I've. Oh, like two weeks or a month and you're just like I've got nowhere nowhere better kind of thing so mm-hmm. it's a it's a topic that needs to be t- talked a little bit more so how did you find you kind of dealt with it what kind of got you pretty much got you to go because I knew you were a fit lad and stuff like that I knew you you always took care of yourself in terms of the gym and stuff because you were in terms of running you were like miles ahead of everybody else in terms of that so what kind of kept you going in terms of doing the gym was there anything or did you kind of feel it got to a point and I was just like give up in a in a sense um, question. <laughs> I don't th- I don't think anything kept us going I just kept going for the sake of keeping yeah. going uh-huh. like I would I'm, I'm I'm not I was never the type of person to like just quit uh-huh. I would do what I was if I was told to do something more often than not I'd do it and if someone tells me to do something in the gym, I'd do it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't just. I hadn't. I, I didn't have a reason to keep going, but I just. I just did. I did, just yeah. made sure that I did. Oh, it was tough. Like, and I wasn't. I was pretty much done. I just uh, kept going for for yeah. whatever reason. I felt like I kind of got into like the root. I don't know. Like I didn't feel like I was a football anymore. I felt like I was just. A, like an injured per, an injured athlete that that was my job like going and doing the same thing every day my job my job for the day was to go and complete that bike as best as I could or complete that gym session like your mindset changed I felt and I kind of almost got used too used to it which was a bad feeling like I got very comfortable in that kind of atmosphere which was which no, I, I, know, I know what you mean you just very that's what you're used to you're not like right I need to try and push and get myself to go outside you're kind of just pushing yourself for the sake of pushing yourself in the gym. It's a weird mm-hmm. mindset to kind of go into. But just talking about mindset, did you ever think when you were injured, when you first kind of got your injury kind of thing, did you ever think that you would be at the point where you'd kind of be, two, you had like a two-year contract or whatever it was at the club or you had two one-year ones at the start of your first one? Did you ever think you'd be in the position right at the end as you were? Kind of obviously kind of just getting back fit after being injured for the whole time? Because I don't think, in my head, I thought, even though I knew I was going to be out a long time, I thought I'll, at the end of two years, I'd be fine, I'll have another contract, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, like I said, with all these injuries, I had a lot of injuries in me, in me skull as well. I had back problems and stuff, which kept us out for a while. And never did I think, this is going to happen, blah, blah, blah. I always knew, always thought it'll it'll all be fine, and it and it was. It did. It, it all worked out. But like going into that last season, when I got injured at the very start of the season, for some reason I knew that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I knew. I remember I went. I went around my mum and dad's house, and I said to me dad, I went, I went. This was it. I said, well, what's the matter? I said, well, I've got this, this problem back. This Achilles problem. And uh, I said, it's a bad one. Bear in mind, this is the very start of the season. So I said, it's a bad one. I'm going to need an operation. I'm going to miss the full season. I won't play again this season. I've missed last season as well. So I'm going to miss pretty much two seasons. That's the full length of my contract. I'm not going to get a new one. Mm-hmm. Because why would they? Why would they give us a new one? Yeah. And then I'm gonna leave Newcastle, and I'm not gonna get a club after that because I've been I've missed two years, and it's not just the two years that I've missed. I've missed, like I said, I've missed a lot of time before that as well. Mm-hmm. So in the space of like, I don't know, however long I was, like, 
full-time football app out, let's say it was six years, I, I, I might miss like four years worth of football. Yeah. So I, I, I said, I've missed a lot of time. No club after this is going to touch us because I've missed so much football. That's, that's the reality of it. No, no club is going to, unless you've got a club who rate you ridiculously high and think we're going we're gonna to take a gamble on them. But I, pre- I predicted every, every single step that happened. Mm-hmm. And for, I don't know why, but for some reason, I just I just knew how this this is this is how it was going to play out. Yeah, because I I do know exactly. Like, I've been there. It's the exact same mentality that I kind of went through. Like you do think that that it can, this is what long term injury kind of messes you up. You always kind of doubt the future. Like, you can be as positive as you want, but it always seems every time you be positive, you're just going to you get knocked down again. So it just doesn't like you. You don't see the point of it. And I always thought, well, in my mind. I was very positive. I was like, right, if I get myself back fit here and have it, even just a decent half a season, and just I literally just if I just stay fit, I'll be fine. And then when you get fit and you get injured again, you're like, well, this is done. And then it was the same. Obviously, I didn't get offered a contract because they said to me like, we can't do it because it's a risk. Like you've been injured for yeah. two years, and even before that, you were injured quite a lot when you were younger with this, that, and the other. So I can't do it. Well, and I was like, yeah. uh, like I still obviously we'll, we'll discuss kind of what happened after that, but. I still went in trial places and stuff and I said to myself, I need a team that's going to be ridiculously good at managing my injuries and realistically, to get that, you need to go to a high level. Like, you don't yeah, get that yeah. if you go and play Conference League 2, like, anything below, to be fair, anything below probably Championship, you're not really going to get that. Like, you're lucky if you get it at a Championship club. So, I was fortunate at the time that I was at a Premier League club where they were good at managing my injury in terms of they were fine when we trained yeah. one day on one day. Well, good at managing parts of it anyway. In terms of my getting trying to get back, so I trained one day, have one day off, one day on, one day off when I started. And then, if I, but if I went to like a conference team on loan or something, that wasn't going to happen. They expected to go and play 100%. Like I went on trial at Mansfield at the start of the season after when I just got back fit and my body was broken. Like my, <clears throat> like I said to them, like, I can't do this, this and this, but they still kind of plan the session out. To, to do that so they can't mm-hmm. it's probably the same same sort of thing for you like you need you need a team that's going to have that but because of your injuries and stuff teams aren't going to take you for that real so anyway we'll move on from so you got a big fucking red flag against your name yeah like no one stay wants, up, to, no one wants to touch you avoid this touch. human <laughs> I know and then it's even worse when a team takes you on and then the same thing happens and you get an injury that's that I, I kind of had signing for someone and then you get another injury and teams are like right this is a big no-no just don't go near him and then it is it is very frustrating so moving on after mm-hmm. that so obviously end of the season didn't get off of the contract you your healing stuff was kind of pretty much all sorted and stuff then once, once I had that off yeah it was all, all sound. so talking about the year after obviously trialing places and stuff like that. What was, so this was like talking last year. What was, how did that kind of go for you? How did you find that? Um, well, I don't think anyone likes it, do they? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I'm not, I'm, I won't name places I've been in, but just, it's at, you'll find that clubs are all the same. Like a lot of, a lot of things happen. Like I went one place and, I was told that they knew that I'd been injured for a long time and they were going to manage it. And I was going to, they had some games coming. I was going to play like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. I went down, trained two days. Next thing you know, I'm playing 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then they're looking at us and saying that you're not fit. And I'm saying, well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've missed yeah. two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You knew about it. Like, give us a chance. Um, I've had other teams tell us, I think you're good enough, if not better than what we've got, but we don't have the financial space to, to risk taking on a player like you. Mm-hmm. All stuff like that, like I said, um, had opportunities which I didn't think suited me, so I, so I didn't take them. And maybe looking back, I should have taken them. I should have just taken what I could have get, but I didn't know the position that I was going to... I didn't know it was it was going to be like this. I knew, obviously, I was leaving Newcastle, but I, I, I thought it would, have, it would have been a bit smoother. Yeah. I mean, when I left Newcastle, I was kind of... 
I was quite positive about what was going to happen because I could go somewhere. And in my head, I was like, I'm going to go somewhere and try and get a get a number two, number one spot if I can. It like a Conference League two team if I'm lucky. Just because that was the mindset when I was at Newcastle, kind of thing. Before I got injured, right? I'm going to go on loan somewhere and then try and get a number one spot and then just kind of work from there. And then when you go somewhere and you trial, and again, obviously being injured for so long, like I missed the same. I think I think in total with our physio, we tallied up how many days I missed in my last and it was like 500 and something days out of two years or something I missed. So like you've, mm-hmm. you've missed that much time. You're obviously going to be rusty. You're obviously going to be unfit. And your body's not used to it. And then go and try on places and they expect you to be at a certain level when... Fitness-wise, you might not be, and you might not be able to do certain things. It is difficult, yeah. and the reality of trial, this is like the the reality of profess, trying to pursue a professional football career after injuries or after maybe a bad season or something like that. It's not as glitz and glamorous to say. Like, so did you did you go kind of away to any teams? Did you have any any times where you had to kind of stay overnight anywhere? Or was it all locally sort of that you just drove oh, down no, yourself? I've, I've, I've been a few places where I might stay overnight and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you have to pay for? Oh, sorry. Did you have to organise all your own transport and stuff there? Were they are the clubs all right? Sometimes. With it? Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Organise. Um, sometimes I have to pay for hotels. Sometimes get this and a discount. Or sometimes they pay for it as well. Mm-hmm. But I sort of so you're like yeah you're you're this is the problem I think. You're you're like if you're going somewhere and you're paying for the travel. You're paying for your digs, you're paying for whatever. You're at absolute zero risk to this club. Mm-hmm. They have, because they're not losing anything. So I think a lot of clubs like that can be like, oh, well, we're not, we don't have to spend any money putting them up. Like, we'll just get them in. Yeah. Like, it's nothing, it's no skin off our back. And then I feel like that's the clubs that sort of take the piss a bit. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you get a club who are putting you up, they're, they're putting a little bit in. Yeah. So you know that they're taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I, f- I found that massively. Like I went on trial at one team and I had to pay for my digs, had to travel there and stuff like that. And it was just as if I was just like in the background. Like even when I was training, obviously they had they had two keepers in time and it was me and another lad trial and we never got a hint of any games. It was always just the two goalkeepers that were there and I was just like, what's the point of us being here? We're just like standing here. I've came up for a week. I've paid for a hotel for a week and stuff. I'm just standing around doing nothing. I don't know yeah. if it might be slightly different for outfielders and stuff because there's obviously more positions and stuff, but you still do feel like a spare part kind of just like, what am I doing here? And then I went somewhere else and they paid for my accommodation and stuff and I felt really welcome that they actually wanted to and then I got injured at that team and they still looked after me for like three days afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, you need... It's just a little heads up for people if you try and that's a little like kind of heads up. You know if someone's gonna invest in you if they're obviously putting that effort into 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 kind of setting you up with somewhere and taking care of you. Because even at Newcastle and stuff, we they we had lads who coming on trial and you're thinking like they're just coming on trial just because maybe the agents just got them there somehow and they're just they're just there sort of thing. Yeah. So it's a it's a weird game trial. Really weird. I feel like anyone anyone who goes in and, and does well and gets signed off about a trial, like fair play, mm-hmm. I think it's one of the biggest things in the world. Because yeah. from my experience, what it seems like, if you're going in on trial, you have got to be bang on it from the minute you start to the minute you finish. And not yeah. just bang on it, you've got to be head and shoulders above every other player they've got. Otherwise... It's, You're not going to, yeah. Not happening. Which, I, which me and Rem, uh, Remy speak about all the time. That's not how trialing works because no. you, you, like, it, everyone's different. It takes time to settle in, it takes time to get another player that you're playing with, and you need longer, like, especially if you're going in these places that you've got a week or less. Mm-hmm. A manager should be looking at for tiny little glimpses of, like, yeah. ooh, that was good. He looks like he's got a bit nut. Now he looks like the finished article or whatever, because yeah. that's just not—that's not the real world. It's not how football works, especially as a midfielder. What can I do? I, I get the ball, I give it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to take on ten players every time I get the ball and fucking bang one in the top corner. It's just—it's not how football yeah, works. Yeah, I know. You, in you, training, everyone's sort of at the same level. Like mm-hmm. very rarely you watch training things. 
fucking hell, he's much better than everyone else. Yeah, it, it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. But that, that seems to be how it's based. Yeah, football, it's like trials. It's literally just like like playing like, a, what you call it, like gambling. It's literally just like gambling. You've either got to have a great day or like you're not, you're not going to win anything kind of thing. And especially if you're a person in a situation where you've either been injured for a long time and you haven't had any, you might go from being injured and doing your own kind of running stuff like on your own, not training with a team, then going on trial somewhere and you haven't done like possession games at that tempo and stuff. You haven't, it's different, fit, yeah. exactly fitness-wise how it feels. It's different fitness just going running. Like you might be great at running, but in a game scenario, like fitness is, is completely different. So yeah, there's so many different aspects and then you've got to have a manager who maybe like has, the, has is, is open to maybe either you making a few mistakes or maybe seeing that there's potential in there. And it could depend yeah. on a number of things. Like the, the change room might not be very welcoming. So if you go into a dressing room that isn't very welcoming on the first day, your confidence just goes down massively. Yeah. And that affects you. So you've got to be like, like, like you said, anybody who gets a club off kind of trialing somewhere, like fair play to them. But I've sort of, I've said that at clubs before where I've been in. Like I said, there was one club who said that you are just as good, if not better, than what we've got. But we're just not going to take a risk on you. I turned around and said, well, hold on a minute. I've missed two years injured last, like the last couple of years. This is in about September, October time. So this, this is like like two, three months into the season. I, I turned around and I said, well, hold on. Like, I haven't been training anywhere. I've been going to the gym here and there. I haven't been smashing out running. I've pretty much just rolled out of bed and came down here. And that's what you're saying like now yeah. I'm just as good if not better and I've just rolled out of bed uh-huh. and I've just come down like think about what I'm going to be like in six months time then uh-huh. I know and they just they have nothing to say to it mm-hmm. I know it's it's ridiculous like, especially the fact that they've invited you down and then they give you an excuse like that for not saying you like if people are inviting you down and then they give you the excuse oh we can't sign you because of money we can't sign you because of your injuries like They've well, you just wasted your yeah. I know they knew that before. They've just wasted your time completely. Like I don't see don't see the point in it. So you've got to be. It's, it's no risk. It's no risk for them. So they have no problem getting you down. Mm-hmm. I know. Unless as well, like talking about football wise, like agents are a big thing in it. Like, do you have an agent in the minute? Are you kind of doing everything off your own back? I did have one. You did. <laughs> well, I talk about that one. <laughs> I but that's a big thing. Like. If you've, in football, like, there's examples I can think of in my head, which I'm not going to name names, but there's, like, people who I've seen, like, we've probably played with, and they've got a, the agents probably done absolute bits for them and got them somewhere. And then they've got a, they've got a very good contract at a very good club, and then they're doing all right. But you played with them for how many years? And you look at them and, like, I remember playing with you and I was deaf. I, like, personally, I think I was better than you kind of thing, or we were at, like, the same level. And then maybe you don't have either you don't have an agent, which is another topic to talk about. Like trying to find a team when you don't have an agent, like messaging clubs, sending clubs your clips. For me, sending clubs my clips, I had two games to send because I, 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 I had two games worth of clips to send because in Newcastle, I, like my last two years in Newcastle, I was injured for the two years, so I'm not going to send them clips when I was like 16 because yeah, like well, that's the thing. Like I said, I started my I started. The little time that I did that, I started like on flames. So yeah. I've got a few clips. Yeah, yeah, then, sound, if I if I if I didn't start the season well, then I would have been fucked. Yeah, I had I had to dig out some some uh, games from when I was like under nines or something. <laughs> Just get the room on the twelve clips that were still <laughs> the sense I'll send them around. But yeah, I was I was like that because I had one game. My first game back was Burnley in the Premier League Cup. I I was terrible until the la- like the last. Bit of the second half, and I made a decent save. So I've got that one done, one save, and then the second game against Swansea was. Uh, I've done really well, and then and then right at the end of the game, I pulled my quad. So my highlights were great, yeah. but just try to do that, and obviously, you've got to do a lot, a lot of work yourself, like football CVs and stuff. Like, did you do one of them? Have you kind of made a football CV and sent it away to clubs? No, because I think mm. I don't, because then you can put references and stuff on it. I don't know how much clubs will actually look at that. Like it's great, like having a great CV. Where like I played here when I was this age, I was England in the seventeens. I was I had time with the first team here. This is my reference, like Newcastle manager, England goalkeeper coach, like blah blah blah. Send that away. 
teams aren't going to care about that. They're just going to care about what turns up on the day. And again, like if you don't have a good day, then... Yeah. Well, I think the point where I realised I might be in the shit, yeah. Okay, well, I won't mention his name in case he doesn't want to be yeah. one of my one of my mates. He's he's uh he left similar time to me. His club. He played in the Premier League. Played for England at youth mm. level. And we're we're in the exact same boat. And yeah. I'm thinking on paper, hold on a minute. He's got Premier League game under his belt. He's got England caps. And he he kind of get club. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, well, fucking hell. If he's yeah. got that CV, what chance have I got? Like, I know, like you see and, it. And he, I think I know he is, he's, he's, not, he's not playing. He's not playing where he should be. Mm-hmm. So, I know. It's scary how football can go two ways. Like you can either just like you see people who are like all right, and then they just boot off, and then there's people who are like at the top of a young age, and then you just whether it be injury or maybe they had a fallout with a manager, and then they try and go somewhere else, and that doesn't work. Like football's a lot of luck. Which I don't think a lot oh, of people, a lot of people realize. Yeah, and like the reality of football when you're not at the top level is, it's very tough. Even if you do have a team, they like trying to fight for your place at like a lower level. Like if you don't, if if there's like say you have a bad half a season and you're out the squad at the end of the season, like you're gonna struggle to get a, a team. You're gonna have to drop down yeah. leagues. It's also it's always a risk dropping down because if you drop down too low, it's ten times as hard to come back up. So it's just this is that's, like that's what like you thought. That's one of the reasons why I was saying about the options which I had. They weren't like low, low, mm-hmm. but they were lower than what I'd played at, which is obviously minimum league one. Um and the reason one of the reasons why I didn't want to go to them sort of places was because I know that I know the style of football that gets played. Mm-hmm. I know the conditions you're playing. And you, you've played with. You know what type yeah. of player I am. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it doesn't suit me. Yeah. So I've, I had the conversation loads of times that it's easy a player like me who plays that way to get stuck mm-hmm. in a league like that. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's why I think a lot of top players would struggle going down to lower leagues. Like that's why you see there's the sometimes the cup upsets. 100%. Like the cup upsets, like Man City going to play. Like a conference team or something like that. That if the pitch is terrible and stuff, like not only that as well. There's also the, like you're probably more prone to injury if you're going to play on a crap pitch. A little bit boring. You got people coming yeah. in snapping you and stuff and stuff like that. But like a lot of people would struggle and like it depends what your type of players. Like especially coming from an academy setup where you're taught to play certain ways and stuff. And then like for goalkeepers, we're taught to play out from the back and all this. And then you go to like conference league two, you're just booting the ball along and you have to come for crosses and this, that, and you have to complete different game. And yeah, there's, there's kind of a few ways you can kind of make it in football. If like obviously coming from an academy setup, you can either go out and loan and then kind of work your way up the ladder or you can, which will work for some, some people. Like it, it will work for some people that can play at all levels and work, work which is fair play to them. And then there's some yeah. people that, because maybe the manager knows, or maybe they know themselves, that they won't be able to adapt to like League Two or Conference or something like that. I'll go to like uh, what do you call it, Evo Stick team when they're younger, because they'll just get battered. Like I've seen lads yeah. go out and loan at that level and do the horrendous come back, and then they go and they get a first team break in the Premier League and they smash yeah. it and they go flying. Like yeah. that, there's like two routes you can either go straight up and be fine. Or you can go the other well, way, but sometimes if you go the other way, you might never ever get that opportunity to go forward. Yeah. How, how many times have we seen players go on go out on loan to Gateshead and within a few weeks they're back? Yeah. Uh-huh. And now there's like and, there's lads who are smashing it now. Yeah. Like it's, it, it is. It's it's a, it's like a different sport, and I think that's one of the reasons why I struggled because I can't really. I was at Newcastle for 16 years. It's the only club I ever played for at that level. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm not talking about boys' club and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like, Newcastle, big Premier League club. I was there for 16 years. The only club I ever played for. It's hard to then leave somewhere like that and motivate yourself uh-huh. to then go and play it's somewhere a lot lower. It's just, for me, I find it impossible to motivate myself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just think there isn't a lot... A lot said it kind of went like when we were at academy and stuff like that. There isn't a lot done in terms of the realization of football, like in terms of the mentality and psychology and stuff like that. Like, I know Newcastle they had a sports psychologist, but we rarely, rarely saw them. 
It, well, we tried. We tried, but it didn't. Card games and shit. Yeah, it was, like House of Cards in there. It needs, but I don't think the club were pushing it enough. I think the psychologist was kind of just putting a scenario, and they were like, "Right, there's one out, one hour in six months that you've got. Do what you want. Like that's yeah. not psychology." I mean, like, some of the sessions were fun. Like, yeah, they were good, good crap, but like <laughs> not really psychology wise. Yeah, that was, was just ripping certain individuals, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think enough is done to kind of show the reality of what football is actually like when you're not at the top level. Because like we said, like at the top level, you're fine. Like if you're staying at a top club, you'll be absolutely fine. You're always going to be looked after. If you go out on loan, don't do very well, come back, you'll probably be all right. Um, But down at the lower levels, coming out, coming out of that, it's probably not as bad if you're coming from the bottom, working your way up, because that's kind of what you've always known. Like yeah, from nothing and what you if you've been at the top and then dropping down, especially being injured, yeah. you're not you don't get the same physio treatment and stuff. Like I remember when I went to the team in Scotland, I had one physio at the club and she had to deal with like both 18s reserves and first team all at once. And if I need to come in because of my injuries, I might need to get like strapped up or something like that. Like, you have to strap yourself up and you have to yeah. have like you can't massage yourself kind of thing. It's like <laughs> complete, complete different, different ball game. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to be fair, how long has that been? I think it's been about an hour anyway. So, what's the kind of plans for you moving forward? Obviously, football at the minute's a nightmare with lockdown and and stuff like that. So, we don't know what we don't know what the crack is in terms of football. But what's your plans uh, for next season? You're looking to kind of get yourself get yourself looking for teams. We'll just see how it goes. I mean, one of the reasons why I haven't played is because I won't play somewhere where I don't want to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said I've had the chance. I've had the chances to play, but I I didn't want to take them because I didn't feel like I would enjoy it. Yeah. So I'm not going to play for the sake of play. I don't have that love for football where I'll I'll play just for the, for the sake of it. If I have to start playing, mm-hmm. I I don't have a problem with that. Like, yeah. So we'll just see what comes up. Yeah, that that's another thing. To, like the reality of like thinking about retirement. Like there's so many times that well, I've kind of see, I've retired from the professional game, but it's always in my mind that do, do I go back and try and pursue it again, kind of thing. Because you've been through so much, like so much shit in the past. Is it worth going through it again to maybe get that another setback, which mentally just completely drains you? Like mm-hmm. going to that mental state again, like into like a really dark because I went through a little period where mine was like I was really really down then you obviously have to build yourself back up to a point like is it worth going through that again but fair play for you stick sticking through it like, like any lad who kind of sticks through it and stuff because it, it could work out football can be a, an amazing career if you kind of you stick out and stuff but it must be the worst thing in the world yeah I've uh, I always said that to me mates like because they always say oh you've got the best job in the world like no, I'm saying, uh, like, these are the times that I was injured. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, it's shit. Like, I don't enjoy it. And going, what, what are you, you going to do? Are you going to go work in office? So I'm going, well, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah. Going, well, are you, are you, you'll forget it. Well, I don't enjoy football now, so. Uh-huh, I know. <laughs> what's, what's the difference? If you, were, if you weren't enjoying your job, I wouldn't say, oh, well, stay. The best job in the world, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you need to stay. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no like, like there's, there's two sides of like bad football you got the bad side where I was on where you're injured all the time or there's also the bad side if you, you, you're playing shit <laughs> yeah, there's, oh, no, yeah, yeah. there's no hiding there's no hiding football you kind of say if you've got an office job and you're having a bad day you just you ride it out you just sit and sit be quiet like mm-hmm. you can go under the radar there's no hiding on a football pitch you, yeah you kind of you knock it on the ball you kind of not play football you, you've got you've got to do it mm-hmm. if you're having a bad day then <laughs> You've just got to yeah, so get through it. So much pressure, the high, especially the higher you go up and stuff like that. Like To be fair, even at the like lower, let's say lower levels, like League Twos and stuff like that, because people are kind of fighting for their livelihoods. Like People might be scrapping for like bonuses and stuff like that to kind of pay for mortgages and stuff like that. Obviously, at the higher level, money's ridiculous yeah. and stuff. But the lower level, the money isn't as just like a normal job. But obviously, you've got the, the pressure of the fans and stuff. And teams need wins to kind of keep the, the club going. Like if a team has a bad season, like that can financially affect them massively. So there's a lot more pressure on you. Yeah. Well, like I said, when I was on loan, it, it went down. There was 
people are getting forty percent wage cuts and stuff like that. Yeah. People got mortgages, kids to pay for. Uh-huh. Like, there's, there's a lot riding on it. It's uh, obviously not so much affected when you're at the very top, sort of Premier League mm-hmm. level. But once you start heading downwards, there's a, there's a lot to lose. Yeah, it is. It is. It's real reality of football. It's not all not all not all glitz and glam. So, anyway, we'll finish off with a few little things just to lighten the mood a little bit. So we've talked about because I think we've been going on for just over an hour there. So, asking these to all my guests. So, if you had the choice, three people you'd invite them invite round for dinner or dinner or a coffee or something. Just three people, anybody in the world. They have a. I've seen this on the on the thing, but I, yeah. I haven't. I didn't think. I haven't about thought it. about it. <laughs> this is this is coming off the top of my head. Right, go on. Could be inventive. Um, if you can't think of three, just a few, just a few. Um, I probably just, probably just get Beckham there. Like uh, he was on. Who was it? My last put. My last guest said Beckham as well. I think. Mm-hmm. And I was Gaza. Yeah, he'd be great, crack. I'd probably get Dan Bilzerian in there as well. <laughs> That'll be some bunch, that, by the way. Some bunch. Some stories. Some, some stories. Some big stories. Aye. So next one, three people you'd want to train with. So that could be, like, obviously, except for me, it's PT-wise. It can be in the gym or it can be football-wise as well. Um, well, you'd have to put Messi in there, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, ooh, you'd have to stick Ronaldo in there, really, as yeah, well. Yeah, get them to, both in. Yeah. And... Probably Gerard. Yeah, legends. Pretty pretty solid selection. And then the last one. This will be a good one, actually. So one thing you'd say to yourself five years ago. So going back back to the start, five years ago, what would you say to yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get injured. Prepare, <laughs> prepare yourself. <laughs> um, no, nah, I'd, I'd, I'd say I'd say enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Football can't be a short career. When, when, I, when I was playing, like you said, you, you're not expected for this. So while you, while you are playing, while you are fit, make the most of it. And I'd also say, mate, like, with the injuries-wise, I don't think I was aggressive enough in in getting what I needed. Because mm-hmm. like I said, in my last season, there were always, like, the time time was taking time was taking I need my contract but I was always told like don't worry like we'll 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 fix it it'll get sorted and it'll be sound Mm -hmm. and obviously they did fix it and time did go by but it was too little too late yeah so I'd be a bit more aggressive and and uh so push it a bit harder Uh making sure that all the right things are doing and I'd probably seek other options outside of the club as well I'd, I'd get my own help from mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go and see other say physios or people and I'd get a lot more opinions on stuff yeah no that's definitely something that's a good point because I wish I was kind of you have to be a bit of an arsehole about it because at the end of the day it's your career and your life like I wish I was very much a nice person about when I was just like right yeah I trust what you're doing I trust the physios and stuff yeah. but you've got to be if you you're not getting anywhere Especially if you're a lad whose contract's running out, like, and you, you've been out a long time, you know you're gonna. It's it's gonna be tough trying to trial places. So best that like, you need to push for everything you possibly can, whether it be like you're not getting a scan. Like if a club's not getting you a scan, like you might just have to push them, or you might just have to say, you know what, I'm gonna get it done now because you can't waste time. Like you can't. It's all fine and good saying, right, we're gonna try this program. And six weeks, you might be all right. And then if it's not right, we might have to do this. And then if that's not right, we might have to get an operation. You could waste yeah. a full season. And like a full season, that's a full season. Everyone's getting ahead of you in a full season you're missing. So yeah, if there's any yeah. young lads, even older professional, any professional footballer or anybody in any sort of sport or business, could be anything, just push. You have to be a bit of an arsehole about it sometimes. But at the yeah. end of the day, it's your your livelihood in your career or else you can you can end up in a scenario you don't want to be in. But no. Mm-hmm. No, I appreciate well, I, you coming on, Liam. Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> you got a point. No, it's fine. fine. <laughs> Aye, but uh, no, I appreciate you coming on today and taking time out your day. I mean, we're all very busy at this end during this lockdown period, aren't we? But <laughs> Yeah, I had to clear my schedule again in like... Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, if you, you can put your social media on if you want anybody contact you and stuff like that you can stick it on if you want if you want want to shout it out 
Leeds first 44. <laughs> there we go. I'll put it in the show notes anyway if you want to get on Liam. Uh, but if there's any questions or stuff that people want to ask, just drop me a message on, on Instagram. It's probably the best way. Uh, but no, cheers, Liam. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and chatting. No problem, pal. Good catch up with you. Yeah, it'll be very good. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Process. Thank you for Liam for coming on. I think the stories that he shared and the experiences that he has shared are definitely going to be valuable for a lot of people, not just in football, but outside of it, because the reality of it is it's a pretty tough industry to be in, especially if you're not at the top level. So I hope there's some things that people can take away, especially for younger footballers as well. There's a lot of lessons to be learned there. So if you did enjoy this episode of Process, make sure to give us five stars. Leave a little review would be perfect as well. And also get subscribed for more podcasts. So like I said, I'm going to be trying to get as many podcasts out as possible, especially during this lockdown phase. So I hope you find this episode of Process enjoyable and also useful. Thank you very much again for listening. We appreciate it massively and I'll see you in the next episode.